Hello, investors, and welcome to Episode 7 of Dissecting the Deal. Today's guest, Aaron Royce. Hello, investors, and welcome. I am your host, Michael Liddicote. This is Dissecting the Deal, a podcast where we listen to an investor talk about a property that they've done, they've found it, they've fixed it, they've flipped it, they've found a way to make money at it. Sometimes not a lot of money, but sometimes just enough money in order to get by. In this episode, we are listening to Aaron Royce talk about a property that he had where he walked in with what he thought was going to be a great mindset, a great attitude, a great property for him to make some money on. But there were a lot of new things that he was doing. It was his first time dealing with some land as part of the transaction, first time dealing with a new contractor, and, well, I'm going to let him tell the story. I'll see you on the other side. For today's name drop, Aaron wanted to recommend a couple of places where he gets information or he gets connected with people. Aaron is a big proponent of Facebook groups. Aaron belongs to Fixated on Real Estate. He belongs to WARE, which is WA Real Estate Investing uh, that you can find on Facebook. He also recommends Seattle Investors Club. Those are a couple places where Aaron is not only finding deals, but he's finding partners, he's finding contractors and other people. Aaron wanted to recommend that. Thanks, Aaron, for the name drop. Aaron is an avid mountain biker and skier and loves traveling with his wife and sons. In addition to his passion for buying and fixing up homes, his goal is to set an example for his kids so that they learn the skill of running a business. Aaron's hope for them is that they will find fulfilling careers and never feel stuck in a job they don't enjoy. Aaron has experience with many aspects of real estate. He and his wife have flipped several homes. They've developed raw land for building and own rental property. In Aaron's own words, I really enjoy this business. Back in 2008, he got hit hard during the real estate crash and lost several properties, including the one they lived in. For this reason, he says he is passionate about helping people find fair solutions when they need to sell their homes quickly for whatever reason life happened to throw at them. Aaron is now a licensed broker in Washington State with the JH1 team at Compass. Hey, Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Michael. So glad to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah. So tell us about this deal that you had. Yeah. So this is a deal uh, we got a hold of a couple of years ago. Um, it was like our second or third uh, flip that we wanted to do. My wife found the deal on the MLS. She had just gotten her license at the time and um, was combing the MLS and she found this uh, property that looked undervalued. So we thought, okay, well, let's check it out. Um, turns out, you know, they had a major uh, sewer pipe problem. So that was you know, part of the marketing. Yeah. But that's why they were trying to sell it at a discount. And uh you know, we kind of ran some numbers on it and looked at the neighborhood as best we could and thought, you know, they're still a little bit overpriced, but has a huge piece of land. And it was just seemed like a perfect flat, dividable piece of property. And we're like, you know, we've never done that before. What if we do this flip? The flip itself didn't pencil like for a real good amount of profit, but we thought, right. you know, what? there's probably money in the land. And uh, be a great thing to learn, and um, hopefully the you know hopefully the flip is pretty straightforward, <laughs> and uh, you know and, and and then we can learn the whole kind of short plat process, and and then sell that land and and have a, a little bit of profit from that. And great. So yeah. uh, now, what market was this in? This is Milton, Washington. Okay, so in Milton, what is considered a large piece of land for a property in Milton that you looked at this and was like, oh, there's a potential short plat here. 
Yeah. So the property, let's see if I remember the exact numbers. I think it was 22,000 square feet. Okay. Um, you know, a typical, just for example, like a typical lot in a small suburb is, you know, a, a good size one is like 7,500 square feet. Oh, okay. So this wow. 22,000 yeah. square feet. Got it. And what was so obvious about it is if you looked at public records, um, it's a corner lot and you could tell that uh, on our side of the corner, um, looking back, you could tell that um, all the lots were a certain size and ours sure. was exactly double that. And our neighbors, in fact, there was exactly two lots that together made up the exact size of our lot. So we knew oh. just from that, that obviously this is something that we should look into because it's exactly double and the house was slid all the way onto one side. So that was kind of nice. You don't often get that. A lot of times. Yeah, they drop it right in the middle. Right in the middle or just a, just enough over the line that it makes it <laughs> really challenging, right? Without tearing the house down. So yep. this one was nice because it was slid into one side. You could easily enclose it in one half and then have the other half just wide open. So Got it. Now, you said that um, when you guys were analyzing the flip uh, potential for it, um, you said, well, on the flip side, we might break even on it. Was this uh, uh, your own calculator you used? Do you have another calculator you like using? Yeah, this is a calculator that um, I first got from another wholesaler. Okay. Um, so one of the big in, big ones in, in our area, um, they always send out a flip calculator with their deals. Now, I've, I'm an engineer by background, so I oh. always take those things apart because I always find errors in them. <laughs> and so <laughs> okay, I've good. taken that and I have kind of rebuilt it and made it so that I can analyze deals very quickly um, uh, with my own numbers. And, and one of the things that, oh, I'm losing you, Michael. You still there? Yeah, yep. yeah I'm still here. Hold okay. on. Sorry, your um, video dropped out. Just wanted to make yeah. sure. That was odd. Let me find out why it did that. Okay, we are gonna go back okay. to here. That was weird. So I'm plugged in, uh, I have my laptop set up and I'm plugged into a hub. And for whatever reason, the hub just said, no, I'm not here. Oh gosh, okay. Well, I just got one of those <laughs> banners that says internet yeah. is unstable. So hopefully I don't disappear on my Yeah. Weird. Okay. All right. So apologies. <laughs> no so, um, so I usually will, will rebuild any tool that I get from, from somebody because I always find that they, you know, they work great for the person that's using them because they're so familiar with it. But then when a stranger tries to use it and if they want to do any kind of analysis that might be other than just a straightforward uh, you know, the way it was intended, it's very challenging. So one of the things that's changed over time, especially this year is the lending, um, parameters have changed quite a bit. And as I've gotten to know many lenders, um, I realize I'm getting offers with very different, uh, uh, interest rates. So I, I added that to my calculator oh, so I can change okay. the interest rates and, and, the, and the points oh, and, very and cool. just have that quickly done off to the side. And it just calculates everything automatically as far as profit. So, so what's the average time it takes you to, to plug into your calculator and discern, determine if something? Um, if I have good comps already, and usually I take other people's word for the comps, but in this case, we had to go find the comp. So analyzing the neighborhood right. could take 10 minutes, could take 15 minutes, maybe half an hour, just depends on how sure. many like properties there are. Um, but other than, once I've got that number, I can, I can assess a rehab rough number as far as budget. Uh, within a few minutes, you know, I mean, after walking the property. So using my calculator takes me about, sure. you know, two to three minutes and I can, I can tell where I'm at nice. um, on a deal. So okay. in this case, um, at the asking price, it was, you know, I knew it was not a deal at all and we'd be upside down, but okay. we worked out our negotiations and kind of went back and forth with them 
they listed it at 335. You know, just looking at that, I knew that uh, retail for a fixed up house in that neighborhood is probably only about 400 at the time we bought it. So there's really no margin at all. Um, you know, I was looking at at least 70 to 100,000 in fix up. And um, so we, we negotiated, we tried to get it for 250, uh, but they pushed back okay. and, you know, the market was still pretty, pretty good at the time. And so, you know, they pushed back and we went back and forth. We settled on 275 which for me, when I looked at my numbers, it was like, wow, we're barely going to break even at 275. But right. if we can divide this land, then, you know, we can, we can get profit out of the land. I said, yeah, and it's something we want to try. So let's go for it. And so my wife and I did that. So we bought it at 275. So, and okay. So you bought it at 275. You figure you got 70 to hundred into it. What were you hoping you'd be able to get for the land? So we had no idea, honestly. When I okay. first started, I'm thinking, wow, you know, if we can sell the land for sixty, seventy thousand dollars, that would be great. Um, but I didn't know it was going to cost us sixty thousand dollars to get yeah. a divide, you know, a separate piece of land um, at the time. But you know, I was just thinking, you know, if we can, we can get sixty, seventy for it, um, assuming it. And I was assuming it only cost about ten to twenty to actually sure. divide it up. So um, Got just it. a lot of okay. unknowns. <laughs> Cool. Well, we'll dig into those numbers later, but um, so you get the deal, you, you have to remediate the collapsed sewer pipe or sewer pipe. Um, tell us how, you know, once you close, what'd you guys start doing to, to get back to where you need to be? So uh, we closed, we got our hard money loan in place, 12% okay. um, interest at that time. That was kind of our only option at that time in 2018. Um, and your video just dropped out again. Yeah, I am but going. If you can hear me. To... I'll keep going. I'm fine. Yeah, uh, you keep going. I'm okay. going to make a change. Okay. So we got our hard money in place. Around, we... the... oh. No, you're good. Okay. <laughs> I heard some static. Sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> and we uh, were trying to get a new contractor on board because we only had one contractor we had used up to this point and we really wanted to add to the quiver right and just have multiple options and so we uh picked a contractor that came highly recommended um and we started working with him and it's like everything that could go wrong just started going wrong at that point um he just was delaying and delaying and delaying our project i mean they got the floor opened up pretty quickly uh, they got the wall ripped out that was over the sewer pipe. They got the floor chopped up. Um, they kind of got to the pipe pretty quickly and they got a plumber in there to fix it pretty quickly. But then it just took him like a month to a month and a half to get the hole clear, you know, closed up. And it's like, what, what is going on here? You know, how hard is it to mix and pour concrete? You know, and he's like, oh, I'm having trouble getting a mixer and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, what we found out is he was still finishing up two other flips that he hadn't finished yet. And he was just pushing us off and pushing us off. And, um, you know, the project just kept getting delayed and delayed. He finally gets the concrete in there. Um, they build a temporary wall. And then, you know, as they're demoing the rest of the, pro you know, the project to get moving, he just disappears for like a week or two at a time. And then, you know, we're just like, what is, you know, and we just, and we paid him half up front. And so that's, Another thing that Thanks. was a big, you know, lesson learned. And again, he came highly recommended. We felt we could trust him. Um, but that was a big, painful lesson. And we also, you know, he, he was adamant about using his contract and not our contract. 
Um, and so there was mm. really no protections in the contract for us. It was all, you know, one-sided, but we we're like, you know, uh, he's highly recommended and good referrals, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that, that was the first real pain. Anyway, the, the long and short of it is he ended up going on vacation for a month and said, oh, my brother's coming over and he's going to frame in some walls in the kitchen because, you know, it was lath and plaster in a lot of the places and um, oh, sure. the house was funky. I mean, there was just every time they opened a wall, they found like a, a surprise um, that the homeowner had done, right? They had kind of added on like in a funky ways. They used like garden plumbing in the bathroom walls. And um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, every wall that was opened was kind of like, a, oh crap. <laughs> um, but meantime, you know, he's dragging us out, dragging us out. So short, you know, trying to shorten this part of the story at month five, Okay. At that at that time, our only hard money um, loans had a five month term, and then you had to um, okay. uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, re up. What do you call it? Uh, oh, you had to re up. Yeah, we had to re up and pay a point. You know, to to kind of extend. Yeah, sorry, extend. Thanks. Um, I don't have to do that anymore, so that's why I'm I'm having a hard time remembering. That. Um, oh, but, okay. Yeah. So to extend, we had to pay a point and then extend. And I and you know I'm thinking, you know, and and basically we had not only spent all the money. That we'd given him up front, you know, according to him, we even owed him eight thousand dollars for some electrical work that he had gotten the guy to come in to do, and it was just like, if you looked at the house, we were not halfway done with this house, and so you know, I mean, the kitchen was still ripped apart. They had barely furred in the kitchen wall because they needed to add some some lumber to get enough thickness to run some plumbing and, and electrical through because the yeah. kitchen wall was cinder block. Um, and they didn't even attach it to the wall. I mean, it's just like the most ridiculous stuff. And, and then he goes on vacation and his brother never shows up. And so I'm trying to call him and he's getting pissed off because he doesn't want to be bothered on his vacation. And we're sitting here anyway, at the end of the five months, um, we had to make two really important decisions. One, you know, are we going to pay him any more money to work on this house when he's obviously not interested? Right. Two, are we going to extend our hard money loan? Because, we just don't know how long this is going to take to finish. And so my wife and I um, had come into another source of capital uh, at the time. And we said, you know what? We just got to cut our losses with this guy. And we fired him. And we just said, you're not getting another penny from us. You're done. And by the way, hard money lender, um, we can't extend. Um, but we have enough cash to close you out and oh. take on. The oh, wow. Market. So, okay. So fortunately, so fortunately yeah, yeah. we were able to take that, you know, that, that timer that makes everybody panic and we were able to just put it on pause, but it took us two, almost three months to get another contractor on the job because wow. they were all busy. And the guy that we had used before that had done such a fantastic job for us, he was just busy, right? He was just right. on other jobs and you know, he said it would be like two and a half months. And we said, okay, well, we'll try to find somebody else. We couldn't find anybody. So eventually he freed up and we grabbed him and brought him onto our job. So what time of year was this? Were you guys uh, concerned about the house being, was any part of the interior exposed to the outside as part of this, or was it still? No, it's all okay. closed up on the outside. Um, okay. But the roof wasn't great and the paint wasn't great. Um, and you know, during that time, I mean, it was just one of those things where, you, you know, you make bad decisions when you're emotionally distraught. And my wife was distraught. I was distraught. We yeah. were so frustrated. Oh, and, and to make matters worse, we were letting my sister-in-law live on the property in a trailer because she was going to rent the house back from us when it was done. Okay. And that was only supposed to take a couple months, right? 
Oh no. So I mean, talk about just emotional trauma because my wife is worried about her sister. The sister's living on this property. Obviously being there, she was watching out for it, but the people that lived in there previously did drugs. The house had had been mitigated professionally for uh, for a big drug uh, cooking operation that used Ooh. to be in there. And so, but these people kept coming back, right? And so it was just unsafe. And so finally we told the sister, you know, it, it's just safer for you to move on. Um, and, and then, so it's just, there was so much emotional stuff going on with right. a deal where you're supposed to be very objective and you just solve the problems and you're supposed to just move forward. But there was just yep. too much personal uh, stuff going on. So um, yeah, so long and short of it is, she moved, um, found an apartment. Um, we stopped the hard money, you know, but while we were waiting for our contract, you know, to get a contractor on board, my wife's like, I just want to do something. Let's just get the house painted. Let's just get a roof on this place. And we weren't even planning to do those things in the budget. Okay. Um, but we did, we did the roof. We, we got the exterior painted while we were hoping we could find somebody that would take on the interior problems. And so many of the contractors that looked at it were just like scared. I mean, literally they were just, huh they were just shaking their heads and um, trying to figure out how they could make money with our budget. Right. Right. Um, anyway, November comes along, right. It's uh, my contractor from before. Great guy finally frees up. He says, I could be there in two weeks. And I said, we'll wait for you. We're waiting for you. And so he just gets on the job and he's scratching his head and he's looking around. And I said, you know, Ken, don't worry about what our budget is at this point just solve the problems, just get in there and start solving them and keep this thing moving. He says, okay, if you make that commitment to me, I'm going to get this done for you. And he just nice. rolled up his sleeves and got in there. At the end of the day, it took almost a year, uh, not quite a year, but almost a year to finish that house Wow! and doubled our budget. So, um, you know, the original contractor thought he could do it for 70. Um, obviously he didn't think he was going to make money and that's why it started getting delayed and that sort of thing. Right. I think once he started opening walls, uh, it cost us $140,000 to Ooh. finish up his house. And that's not even like ripping it down to the studs. Right. So, you know, and that's one of those hard, painful lessons is that, you know, you try to save certain things, you try to cut corners and it just ends up costing you more Yeah. in the long run sometimes, but you just don't know that sometimes going into it, you just don't know. And you just got to push through and get it done. And so, um, yeah, so that was painful. But meanwhile, while we were doing that, you know, we are also starting to work on the short plat um, sure, sure. and trying to get permits for that and, you know, learning a lot. It's a small city. So Milton, the city of Milton is very small, um, very unorganized at the, at the city, nice people, but just, they're like making up rules as we went and, you know, giving us the wrong forms and then saying, oh no, fill this one out instead. And no, fill this one. Oh no, go. Sorry. The original form was the right form. And it was just, you know, it was a lot to, a lot to handle, but at least Typical planning like we were, department. Okay. Got it. We felt like we were doing something though. You know? Right. Okay. All right. So at this point, um, you're, you're working on the short plat, you're getting that done. You've got a contractor you've trust that's getting in, things are getting closer and, um, you, you get to the end here. What did you end up doing with the, with the house? Yeah, so the house finally got finished and we okay. realized we can't sell it. We weren't quite finished with the short plat yet because we didn't we didn't have a second tax parcel. Okay. So we knew we needed to keep the house. And so what we did is, since we owned it with cash, we uh, refied out as much as we could where it would still cash flow based on our assumed rents for okay. the area and um, got a conventional loan on it. And um, 
you know, we left a lot of money in the property. Unfortunately, this was not like a, a classic burr by any stretch sure. of the imagination. I mean, we left quite a bit of capital in there, Okay. Um, but it, we didn't have a choice. And so we did that, um, got a renter in there. It rented a lot higher than we thought. We just ended up with this amazing situation um, where uh, the person that moved in uh, just loved it. It was close to where she had just come from. Her kids could stay in the same school, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. Anyway, so we ended up getting about $28.50 a month for the house. And Great. Mortgage, yeah, and our mortgage was somewhere around 14 something. Um, or actually, I think it was less than that because the cash flow was close to 450. I'm trying to remember. Oh, I think, yeah. So we, I think we were at like 13, 13. 40 or something wow. in our mortgage. So it ended up working out really, really well. I thought we were only going to get like 2250 to 2500, but we ended up getting 2850. So um, that was cool. Um, so that really helps. So, so now we've got this cash flowing property that we can just sit on while we're doing the short plot. Now, right. keep in mind though, we had a lot of capital out of there and a lot of newer investors, you know, I always find you know, they, they see the, like the perfect burr or they see these strategies <laughs> that can be done, but they're just harder than, you know, you think. And, and you have to, you know, you have to be so savvy on your purchase right. um, and, and be really so clean on your, your rehabs. You know, you got to know your budget and you got to just get it dialed so that you're done at 75%. And we were not. Right. So, um, but we were able to hold it. We had the means to do that. And so for us, it made sense at the time. So, you know, we held it, finished up the short plat, um, and that cost a lot more than we thought. Uh, the city required a lot more infrastructure uh, updates than we thought to get it build ready. Um, so we had to like move a sewer line because it cut right across the new plot. So we had to oh, sure, sure. it all the way around and then hopefully tie it into the same stub. We had to bring in water and power to the lot um, get it graded. We had to actually fix some curbs. Uh, so we had to decommission two driveways and, and make a new driveway on the side street. So we ended up changing the address of the house and changing the address, you know, and then a new address for the new lot. Um, so it was fun. I mean, it was just, a, it was, there was a lot of moving pieces and a lot of places that almost went sideways, uh, but we were able to <laughs> keep it moving and make the phone calls that were necessary and just, you know, kind of figure out where the holdups were and, and then call the right people and just be persistent. Yeah. Get it resolved. So, well, just never getting stuck. Right. Just, just saying like, almost like what you told your contractor, just go problem by problem, keep yep. fixing problems until yep. we get to the end. Yep. Exactly. And that's very cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So at the end of the day, we had a, a, a very buildable lot, very desirable location, very flat, just easy, right? Super yeah. easy, perked great. You know, I mean, it's just everything about it was great. Uh, I, I mean, didn't, the perk was an issue because there's sewer, but it was just like the soil was good for digging and foundations and all that sure, sure. stuff. So, um, and, and groundwater, you know, yeah, the perk was for the ground, you know, just rainwater was good and um, plenty of room for, you know, everything that needed to be done. So we got, we found what I did. Oh, this is, this is probably a good um, uh, thing that we did. Uh, so we were trying to figure out, we've never sold land before. We didn't know how to value land. Right. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, how do we get help with this? Right. Even though my wife was an agent, I mean, it just, it wasn't something we were experts at. So what I did is I saw that there was a, like a little 13 house development down the street. And oh. so I went down there and I, I, I looked at all the little signs on each plot and it was all the same agent. And I thought this guy probably knows what he's doing. So I call this guy and sure enough, yeah, he helps a lot of dirt development uh, investors 
you know, kind of get their land ready and sell and, and, and then sells them. And I said, great, I've got this little plot. It's right down the street from a developing you're doing. Would you come and take a look, give me an idea of value and then coach me on what I need to do to get it ready. And so he came out, great guy, very patient, just kind of said, I think you, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna need to do these things if you really wanna get top dollar for it. And like the more work you do, obviously the, the more you'll be able to charge for the lot because that's less right. that the next buyer is gonna have to do. So he just kind of coached us through it. And you know, we literally brought it all the way up to build permit. We did not pull a build, build permit because we're not, oh, wow. we were not intending to build, but right. basically we handed off you know, a plot that had plans, it had infrastructure, it had curbs, it had power and water. Um, and it was literally ready to pull a building permit. Oh, very cool. And then did you ha give him the list to and we gave him the list? Of course. Yeah. I yeah, mean, he was great. worth it. I mean, he, he really had helped us out. Um, and so I wanted him to make money off that for sure. And he was great. so gracious. He's like, you know, even if you don't use me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Shh, dude, <laughs> no, you're, <laughs> you're getting this list. You know, the buyers, you, you'll know how to get this thing sold quickly. So. Okay. All right. So um, uh, before we, we dive into sort of uh, running the numbers and stuff, a um, couple of questions for you. Uh, I, I think you already answered this one. What did you do the first time on this deal? Well, the short plat itself, okay. like we now technically we had tried a short plat years before. Uh, back in 2005 and six, uh, we took our hand at, at dividing up a property, but we didn't do any of it because we actually had a project manager that was just doing everything behind the scenes. Oh, cool. So, so I didn't really have any hands-on understanding of any of that process. So this was right. the first time we had really tried that um, ourselves. And, and the other one never even finished. That was right when everything crumbled and we lost that whole project. Um, but uh, so that was, that was really new for us, was, was taking a piece of dirt, getting a tax parcel assigned, getting it ready, you know, with all the digging and we had that, you know, we had the tractors out there and, oh, wow. you know, so all that dirt development, we had never done anything like that. So it was pretty exciting. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what would you have done differently on this property knowing what you know now? Oh goodness. Um, I would not have accepted a deal that on the house itself that just uh, broke even you know, yeah. hoping that I would make money on the land. So I would have negotiated a lot harder on the house to get a, a deeper discount on the house. Cause honestly, I, I do believe we overpaid for the house. Um, just, it, it, you know, it, it, it was a retail purchase. It turned out with everything we needed to do. And, right. you know, we couldn't have made money just on the house without dividing off the property. So I would have just been a little more tenacious with those negotiations. Um, and uh, that, you know, that would have been the first thing. Um, I would never use, you know, a contractor's contract. Um, always use my own contract that has penalties and also never pay half of a large rehab up front. It's different when you're doing small stuff, right? The whole job is only 20 grand. Half of that's materials. Well, that's different. You know, I, I, I still do that when I have a smaller job, but on a large job like that, I mean, I will never pay more than the initial purchase of materials um, to get them going. I've always want a contractor um, in debt to me. Like I want them, I, I want to always be owing or me to be in debt to them. I always want to be owing the contractor for work they've done as opposed to paying ahead. It's, it's as, as good of people they seem like they are, life happens, they get busy. Um, 
the incentive, they will work where they need to get paid. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it, and it's fair, you know, it's just, it's, uh, you know, and, and then you pay promptly, right? You pay promptly for work that's done. Oh yeah. Always keep, you know, you take care of your contractors, but that was a very tough pill because I felt helpless, uh, at the beginning, my wife and I both, it's like, he hadn't done enough work to, you know, he hadn't spent all the money we gave him yet. Right. For months. Right. Right. And so we just felt like we have to keep using, we, we, we can't just walk away from him because we didn't really have anything in the contract that would, that would give us any teeth to go after him. Right. Um, so those, those are some really, really painful lessons. A lot of sleepless nights. Uh, yeah. Well, and to your point on the contractors, uh, I had um, somebody in my meetup had brought up what she did to keep with her good contractors and always get to the front whenever she needed anything. Uh-huh. She would, the day she got the invoice, go down to their office and cut them a check oh, no. and show up. And yeah. she was like, you wouldn't believe like now I call these guys on a Saturday. I'm like, Hey, something's wrong. Something's here. Yeah. They're there because they know she's good for the money and they don't have to wait 45 to 60 days to get it. Like as soon as they turn it in, she's paying them and they're like, well, let's take care of her because we know we're not waiting for it. Yeah. You know, where I need to write a check, you know, as soon as I get the invoice, I always respond to them say, I got your invoice. I'm writing a check now. Um, a lot of them now are getting on PayPal or, oh, great. Uh, or bill through QuickBooks. Yep. And so it's super easy. Push two buttons, put in your credit card number, go straight to the business account. Um, and I always let them know, Hey, took care of your invoice. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really important because these guys work hard and they're hustling Yeah, and they hate not getting paid. It's really, well, and you want to, you want to see the good ones stick around and the ones that can't run a business, you know, let them fall by the wayside. Exactly. And so, I mean, for example, the contractor we were using, we then in 2019, we ended up taking on three additional projects. And he just pushed other stuff aside for us because that was the second awesome. time we had used them. We had referred them to a friend. Um, we took care of them on time. We told them we had other projects, brought them out there. I paid him just to go visit the projects with me. Just said, hey, I'm not sure how many of these we're going to buy, but just, you know, if you go help me budget, I'll give you a hundred bucks for every one of those or 50, yeah. 50, sorry. But, you know, just whatever it was, he said, hey, that helps with gas money. I really appreciate that. And he just, you know, in a sense, he just took care of me. Um, and always pushed me to the front. And then unfortunately when COVID hit, you know, I, I, I stopped buying, um, but I was always checking in with him to make sure he got other jobs and I referred sure. him on some sites and I just wanted him to stay busy. And, um, you know, now I probably can't even get him back, he's so <laughs> but I'm glad for him. I mean, I, he's doing well and, you know, that's more important. And so, yeah. And when um, you find good people in this business, you, you, you want to keep, whether they're working with you or not, you just want to see good people. Keep them in the game. Yeah. yeah. Because they, they're going to come around. The, they're they're going to run into somebody that you know they spend time with that it's not worth the time with, and you'll be right there, ready to pick them up when they're when they're available. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. So let's run into the numbers now. So your original purchase price on the home and the extended lot was two seventy five. Great. You have spent how much on the reno for the house? It's probably about one hundred forty thousand. Okay. And then for the development on the, um, on the short plat on all the paperwork and dirt moving and stuff. Yep. So all together, that was about 60. Okay. So that puts us at, you said we were 175 on the house. 275. 275 on the, uh, I'm sorry. Renovation on the house was. Oh, 140. 140. Okay. So then we're at a little over 200 in reno. Um, 
what were you during that time that you were renting the home you were making you said clearing a little over 450 yeah okay a month how many how many months did you have cash flow and rent on that property before you sold it so we we kept the tenant for a year and then at a year she she wanted to buy her own house um and we weren't sure if we were selling the house or not so she she found another property okay. um, and uh and and bought a house so we only had a tenant for one year got it and then we sold so it. at the end of the year you guys decide to sell everything because paperwork's finally gone through on the land you're ready with the home uh the home sold for so the whole, well so we sold the land first so we sold the oh, great. land at the end yeah so as soon as that was ready we sold that at the end of 2019 okay for $145,000 Okay. What was your, uh, what was your profit on, on that when all is said and done? So, uh, after sales costs, I think we cleared about 65,000 on that. Okay. So that's, that was in your budget of where you're, where you were hoping the land would be. Right. Um, for was, profit. but that was profit. Yeah, for profit. Yeah. Yeah. It was much later than you wanted it to be, right. but you at least made the profit. Right. Okay. And, and then, then held the house for six more months. Okay. Okay. And then in May of 2015, you know, she left, uh, we put it on the market, had it sold within a month, you know, like closed within a month, um, for 465. So in the year and a half, roughly that you had to hold this thing, you went from about 400 fixed to 465 in sale is you, right. you were hoping ARV was going to be about four and you ended up at 465. Right. That's four sixty. So what, what did you then clear on the house? Well, with holding costs on the original money, yep. um, you know, it, it was a little hard from a tax perspective. So at the end of the day, we really just made the 65,000 on the land. Okay. I don't think we made any additional profit on the house. Got it. Um, at that point. So, you know, and again, it's, it's very hard cause you know, the way you divide up everything, um, you know, between the taxes on the land and this, you know, you have to allocate some here. So on paper, it looks like we made some money on the house and very little on the land. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, the whole project, I believe, cleared about $65,000 in pure. Got profit. it. Got it. Um, but that's not counting the cash flow and that's not counting the tax breaks that we got having such huge losses sure. during that year um, to offset, you know, my, my income at the time and, and other flips that we had done. So. Well, it's always better to take a little bit of revenue than take a straight up loss on it at the end of the day. Yeah. So would you say that with what you guys learned on this and some of the new things you tried that this was sort of a university house, like you, you guys really <laughs> went to school on figuring a lot of things out with this? Oh, absolutely. Because just to, to, to spend two years to make $65,000, I mean, think about it. That's, that's not worth it. Right? Yeah. That's uh, 32000 a year um, in profit. That's one okay flip, right? Right. Um, so from that standpoint, yeah, it was, it was about what we learned and going through the process. Um, and yeah, I mean, we not only learned, learned ourselves, but we've been able to pass these lessons on to others. Um, it's given us a lot of credibility, you know, between every project we've done has just given us that much more credibility in the investing arena, uh, with my colleagues that are out there and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm glad we did it, but it was, it's, it's a long project to, um, to only make that amount, but you know, you got to pay to play sometimes. So, right. Cool. And we haven't lost yet. So that's, uh, you know, so that's, that's a benefit. That's all you can do at the end of the day is just stay above water. Yeah. Cool. Well, Aaron, um, if people want to connect with you, where can they do that? 
So the best way to get a hold of me is uh, at urbanviewsinfo at gmail.com. And I'm always happy to chat with people. In fact, I, I kind of have a couple younger, not young, but newer investors that uh, you know, bring me deals and I try to help them analyze them. And, and you know, I'm looking to partner with, with people that are, are trying to partner with a more experienced investor. You know, we've talked about it with a couple of our guests, but there really are those properties or those deals that we do where we just learn a lot. We just get messy, we get muddy, we get dirty, and we end up paying in blood, sweat, tears, and unfortunately cash sometimes to get an education. Aaron was really lucky in this one that he actually hit pretty close to some of his numbers, uh, but he walked away learning a lot more too. Uh, what an unfortunate turn with that contractor though, uh, especially somebody that came so highly recommended to him by other people and to have that guy just not work out, it really throws you off, which is why it's so important to make sure that the team you decide to build with or work with is a solid and trustworthy group of people. Thank you so much to Aaron for coming on. We've got his contact info below in the section notes. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dissecting the Deal. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the show and talking about a deal you did, you can reach out to me at info at dissectingthedeal.com. And since you've made it this far in the show, if you have gotten some value out of this, I would like for you to do something. No, I'm not asking you to pay anything. All I'm asking is if you would go on to your podcasting source, whatever that may be, and like, subscribe, uh, leave a review. These are the sorts of activities that encourage the algorithm to populate this podcast into other people's feeds or their recommendations. While you may be an experienced investor, there may be an inexperienced investor out there that would love to hear somebody do a deal and hear, oh, they can fail too, and it's okay. They're going to learn something and they're going to be getting better at it. And that's really what we want to do here is give people the opportunity to hear from other people's successes and failures and learn something along the way. Thank you again for listening to this episode. I have been Michael Litticote. It has been a pleasure to talk with Aaron and talk to you. I hope to see you guys soon. And as always, stay safe out there. Mm -hmm.